company when i talk to developers they I, what i see is a pattern where they often just look at their backlog start working on the top item uh, finish it getting it into production and then well they just start working on the next one um, they just don't have any idea of the actual impact of those items yeah and it's funny because when i asked uh, more the leaders of the company or the c-level like what is the vision of your product they also don't know so there seems to be a gap between the vision of the company and the digital vision of the things that developers are working on so i'm also very curious how that supposed to be working yeah hmm. let's have a let's have a guest who who knows how this works and how do we can actually create a digital vision and turn that into the actual company and make the company actual actual use this vision yeah let's do it yeah welcome to the lead podcast the lead podcast a podcast for leaders in engineering architecture and development so today we have our new guest here on premises with us uh, Gulik so welcome Gulik thank um, you Gulik you work for uh, Kongsberg but uh, can you introduce yourself and what cool stuff you have been up to the last few years absolutely I can do that yes I work for Kongsberg more specifically for Kongsberg Digital and the Maritime Simulation Division what we are doing we make training simulation equipment for seafarers meaning everyone sailing the ships across the entire globe and I've been with Kongsberg for some quite a number of years but for the last six years I've been working as a uh, with the product strategy, the digital one, as a product director of digital services. Mm. And um, that's been quite a journey. Some six years ago, Kongsberg did some major rearrangement in our organization, and we were challenged with becoming digital. Because, of course, that's something happening in every industry now and also in ours. And at the time, we didn't know what to do. So I was charged with the, the task to actually start looking into what will a digital vision mean for our industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was a really challenging and exciting thing to do. And the first thing I actually had to do is to really make clear what is our current vision? What is it that we really do and why are we doing this? And by reviewing this a bit, I realized, or in collaboration with our management, that the, our purpose is we want to help create competency and knowledge of seafarers so that they can operate more efficiently and more safe across the globe when they operate the ships. Yeah, because that was the whole idea of the simulation in the first place, exactly. right? Exactly. That's the whole point of this. And then the question is, can digital help and make mm. us even better at doing that? Because, of course, just applying digital technology because it's cool, it's cool, but it needs to actually fit the purpose. Yes. And we realized that, yes, it's actually possible to advance our purpose by applying digital tools or mm. digital solutions in new ways. Exactly. But did, did the simulator already exist or did you came oh. up with the idea of a simulator? No, no. We've been doing simulators for more than 50 years. Oh, wow. Mm. So we, we're, uh, it's a niche industry. It's not something that everyone knows about, but may maybe they know about Kongsberg, particularly in a Norwegian context where we are mm -hmm. based. It, it's a large company. And we've been doing simulators for many, many years. And uh, are we quite successful. So we have a significant market share in this. So I think that's a really good position to take. 
to actually, when you have this position, to start exploring what digital can be, you know, to avoid being cannibalized or overrun by any newcomers coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Can you explain a bit about wh- what, did a, what does a simulator look like? Absolutely, absolutely. A simulator is a tool where we, where we make a digital representation of your ship and the sailing environment and the engine room. So we can simulate with extremely high fidelity how the ship will behave, its systems, and all the equipment on board. And all the environments, wind, weather, waves, and all these things that a seafarer will have to deal with when sailing the ship. So it's a very large computer-based system. And mm-hmm. traditionally, we deliver this as large simulator sites. That means it can be a classroom with a lot of simulators independently, but more importantly, a large site simulator where we rebuild the entire ship bridge mm-hmm. oh, wow. with all the equipment and maybe 12 laser cannons projecting the visuals all across the walls yeah. to really rebuild that sailing environment that these seafarers will meet later in life. Huh, I can imagine that is a bit hard to scale if you uh, if you want to uh, yeah, move that to uh, all kinds of classrooms throughout the world. Exactly. Uh, like uh, the hardware-based yeah. stuff. And that's exactly the, the challenge that we, we, we see because we know it's a very good tool for learning, but there are so many limitations to it. First of all, you have to have money to invest in it because it's a really mm-hmm. large upfront investment. It's a product you have yeah. to pay upfront. And when you have this, you need to have space in your school or training institution to actually fit it in there. Yeah. And then you need qualified people, technical people to run all this equipment mm-hmm. and then it runs and works well. The next thing is you actually need someone to develop the learning content so that you can actually get the learning objectives achieved in it. And then you need teachers to to be present, to actually teach the students to actually learn something. So there's actually quite a number of hurdles that you have to overcome. And this is where we see that we can actually use digital technology to advance this, uh, to to, to lower these hurdles. Mm -hmm. So that's been our objective ever since we started with this and we wanted to move uh, most importantly we wanted to move closer to our users you know we already have a large amount of users and we wanted to come up with a digital vision that didn't conflict with our existing business or with our existing users you know we already have simulation technology and it's really important for us to leverage this one Mm. to reuse to build on this and to make sure that any customer that we already have will immediately get a benefit from what we are doing. The worst thing we could possibly do is to tell them that, you know, we rebuilt our entire system and what you just bought for a lot of money is now obsolete. You have to buy it all over again. That would be a disaster. We don't want uh, that to happen. So so now I'm very curious. So what was that digital vision then? Because you already did simulation. uh, You were a product company. So so what is it that you actually... Added on top? Added on top. Is it adding on top or is it also changing the current way it's it's you know it's a transition mm-hmm. so we actually need to build the new while maintaining the new one and of course yeah. that's a continuous challenge uh, to do that but what we really wanted to do and we actually had a, a conversation with our, our users when we had started to, to outline what we did we we have an annual user conference where we had a workshop with our customers and we listened to them and they even voted and they said the most important thing that you can do for us is actually to bring the simulators out from the training center so that they can be accessed 
anytime mm-hmm. and anywhere. Oh, wow. So that really became one of the most important objectives for us to actually take the simulator technology that we have and make it available anytime and anywhere for the users. So it's really democratization. It means not only should the few have access to it, mm-hmm. but everyone or as many as possible. And I really think that is what's beneficial for the industry as a whole. You know, the entire industry will benefit from this. Yeah. And we are looking for long-term relationships with our customers. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been customers uh, with us for decades. Yeah. And we yeah. intend to keep it this way and grow this. And the most important in a techie way is actually to bring our simulators to the cloud. Okay. That's really what we want to do. And what mm-hmm. we have done is actually take the existing simulator technology and some of it is even more than 30 years old. So it's been a wow. bit of a challenge that also. To actually take that simulator technology, wrap it into Docker containers and run it in in Azure, in, uh, in the cloud, yeah. and supply it through a portal so that all the users, all the customers on demand can have the simulations delivered oh, wow. to whatever equipment that they have available. That, uh, that seems uh, high tech, so I can imagine that that also takes a lot of engineering effort. So, so oh, uh, there's not only the vision, but it needs to make the vision a bit more tangible. So how are, so how did you approach that? So how, how do you go from that digital vision, mm-hmm. simulator anywhere, any anytime, any place, any platform in the cloud, towards, okay, make that 30-year-old on-premises beast into something that runs in the cloud. So how, how do yeah. you approach that? You know how you eat a whale, you know, <laughs> one piece <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And that's what we were doing. Because I think, first of all, what you mentioned is really important because the digital vision or visions in general, for most people working in a company, that's just some fuzzy, unclear mm-hmm. stuff that management is dealing with. So one of my key objectives in this, in the digital vision, is actually to take that uh, fuzz word thing and make it tangible, pull it down and make it visual and concrete. I think that's one of the most important and most valuable properties of a digital vision, that it's tangible and understandable. But to actually be able to achieve this, we put together a a dedicated team, start building a small team Mm -hmm. for doing the innovation. Because definitely there's a lot of innovation. You don't have all the answers. You have Mm -hmm. the vision and you have the tools and you need to bring in the right people who can start exploring this and do it in an open way. So we do it piece by piece and we share our achievements and I really learned that show and tell works. You can make as much slideware and PowerPoints as you yeah. want. It doesn't really stick. <laughs> but make a prototype. Put it in the hands of management or your coworkers or colleagues or your customers. And they get the idea instantly. And I just love that moment when that <laughs> happens. When you do this and you just see that they get it. And they just accept the idea and they move on. Yeah, that also thinking. sparks new ideas again That's when the they thing. see it. That, oh, maybe we can also do this or also add that to it. Exactly, because typically we'll, when we work talking on the, the vision, we will continue to loop on the same concept and ideas. So in order to perturb that, to push that forward, we need to bring something new in. And that's what the innovation and the prototypes yeah. and the demos will do. Because yeah. it changes how people perceive this mm-hmm. and the possibilities that they see. Yeah, but that also demands a lot of buy-in from management, for example, to to, uh, to allow you to be innovative and to be autonomous and all those things. Uh, what we call the empowering operating model. I think that is all really applicable to these, well, like newer things. You cannot just do it uh, without any support. 
I would go even further and say it's conditional for success. Okay. You really, really need the support management to do this. Because what you're, what you're going to do, of course, is you're going to pull some resources out of the organization to explore something new. Mm-hmm. But of course, any business is usually occupied by everyday business and creating yeah. the revenue. And if you if you set these two objectives up against each other, whether you run the operation and create the revenue or invest in something in the future, everyday business will always win mm. naturally. So it's really important yeah. to have management support continuously and interest. And it's also the you know what can happen when you have one team that are allowed to explore these things and 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 communicate back their their result and A's is that you might create some friction with the existing business and i think that's super important that management steps in between and 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 really mm-hmm. makes it clear that this is what we're doing this is how we all work together for a greater future yeah because the transformation it's it's far larger than just some some tech stuff right it's also looking at the sales people they were used to sell these large simulators uh, for a very high price once every several years maybe to, oh a, to yes, a certain exactly. company and now they're they're moving to a more of a service model where you have maybe a subscription model uh towards your um that's exactly selling, right yes. that, that's a that's a big change and also the people uh, building it they need to uh build it and and run it keep it running in this in the subscription kind of way mm-hmm. as, a, as a service yeah you're you're right and this has to do with maturity as well leadership is important but maturity as well you need to give people some time to really move and transit through these uh, stages so so you're absolutely right and i think that's that's what we experience is that the technical stuff we can actually do quite quick mm-hmm. but actually changing the organization and the business model because we are actually changing our business proposition in many ways and you know the immediate uh, change is of course when we're delivering now things as a service and not a product our delivery department needs to change in order to facilitate that yeah. so it changes how we're organized and of course people tend to 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 feel some stress when such things yeah. such changes are coming yeah yeah do, do you have some 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 tips on on how you conquer these these challenges like how did you how did you uh, yeah, go about the, these delivery uh, departments? How did, uh, yeah. I can tell you that, you know, this, that of course is, uh, I could give you many uh, experiences mm-hmm. on it. And uh, I have to say that, you know, we've come quite far with the technology, but these things, which is organizational changes, we're still working on this mm-hmm. and we still need to. And, and it's, it's realistic to also do it over time because c- we have to continue yeah. running our existing business Yep. while we are familiarizing with this and our ambition was when we started this to actually transform our industry and uh, so it's a very high ambition yeah. mm-hmm. but being one of the major suppliers in the business then we actually were in a position to to do it yeah. and i find it very uh, rewarding now that when tenders are coming in when customers are coming to us saying what they want cloud simulations mm-hmm. which we now have introduced is becoming a more and more part common of part of it. So we see that the customers are also moving. Yeah. So when you talk about challenges, when you want to change an industry, you have to deal with the internals, but you also have to deal with the externals, yeah. Yeah. And which is also a 
maybe an equally important issue. And the maritime industry where, where I work is heavily regulated. Yeah. There's a lot of certification schemes and regulation from IMO, the international uh, organization, and also every country. And anyone who wants to have a simulator or training or education approved need yeah. approval. So of course, a lot of these flag states, which are called, are a bit reluctant. Yeah. So we need to educate them as well. I've recently been in the, on the Philippines, educated Marina, which is their national authority for certification, yeah. to advance this yeah. forward on on the customer side. So that's that's one part of it, but yeah. equally important internally to actually make sure we have management along that they know what they're doing, that we work with the business model, work on what they're selling, making them comfortable with what this is, see that it's not cannibalization yeah. mm -hmm. or maybe it actually is cannibalization but if we are eating ourselves and renewing ourselves it's preferable to have someone else do it yeah it's, uh, i like the idea of how you as an industry leader are also able to reinvent yourselves instead of uh, seeing someone some other company come from the side and and disrupt you right? you're disrupting yourself basically uh, yeah yes that's that's what we we really need to do and 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 we're doing it but it's 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 also i think important to to separate the innovation part which is actually about creating um the vision tangible mm -hmm. so the first step of actually implementing the digital vision is to actually prove that it works yeah and then small, small steps, uh, build, measure, learn, like uh, exactly like, uh, as, as described in the in the lean startup, for example. Yes, super important to do this. But at some point, when you make a decision, say I want to make this into our product line, we want to make this really an important part, an integral part of our business. You need to make sure or be aware that that step is even further, and it needs to be mm. taken and looked into seriously. So, so you don't just make the incorrectly assumption that once you have a prototype you have a product yeah. yeah and in this case having a product is not really what you want you have a service yeah so that is a, that is the biggest shift maybe for also uh, your company like from a from becoming a product company uh yeah for ex at least that part of the business become a service company and that is also a different operating model that you need there absolutely and and that i see you know you can tell people about this but you still see that they fall back into their traditional way of thinking saying mm. are you done yet yes are you done are yeah. you done yet can yeah, we you, you can we you're never done yeah no that's the thing you're never done and you don't really want to be done you yeah. want to continue in collaboration with you and users and 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 stakeholders to evolve this into awesome. new features new markets new opportunities so awesome. I, yeah I, I understand that that your uh, your innovation team they're they're quite aligned with the, the digital vision and the ideas that are but can you elaborate a little bit more on after the you've, you've proven the first things how do you take the rest of the organization along as well was that through that sharing and uh yeah you're right this is uh, and of course i think this is where most companies will, will see the challenge because yeah. now you're, you're looking at you know the, the running the day-to-day -day business with all the commitments the projects and deliveries and then you have this new, exciting, enthusiastic team coming yeah. along and, and bringing in the new ideas. Yeah. And then the rest of the guys saying, you know, we're too busy. Not mm. now. Yeah. That kind of thing. So how do you find that? That um, How do you bring them along? So what we've done actively is that we've been very um, 
eager to share. So actually we've set up demos regularly in our team where we constantly share what we want to do. And it actually became so popular that we had other departments come in as well because they also were eager to understand. And eventually we invited the other uh, teams uh, developing the traditional products to also share their development. Mm -hmm. So we've changed a bit on how, how, how they're working. Because when we started out, we said, you know, we need to be lean in this. We need to be efficient. We need to allow the exploration, you know, really the engineering culture that you're talking yeah. about. We need, to, we need to do this. Yeah. And we would really like this to also rub off on the rest of the organization. Yeah. And in order for us to start doing that, we need to expose ourselves. We need to, you know, share what we're doing, share the way we are doing, the way we work, you know, how we, we um, celebrate that our, our advances. And uh, so we we uh, we see that they are adopting several of the things that we are doing, mm -hmm. not all of it, not as much as we would like, but it's it's a shift going on. Uh, and that uh, and I think uh, that is what uh, how it works, right? You eat a wheel in pieces, and I think also the cultural transformation and the organizational transformation and agile transformation or whatever name you want to stick on it is also something that is very slowly gradually uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, mm. starting to evolve when w once a team is picking it up. So you can really do that, but that's not an instant change. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, it especially picks up when when you start, see, start seeing actual proof. Uh, as you said, well, we, we showed this simulator running in the cloud or wherever. Then other people start seeing it as well. Oh, this, this might actually be a game changer instead of, well, just, just some people there doing some innovations and yeah, they keep on in separate worlds, right? And you want to, mm. in the end, have them merge. Merge. That's together. what we want. And do you, like, you had this this initial team who had some working on some innovation projects. How does that work further? Because in the end, it needs to be integrated. Do you then have that innovation team start working on new innovations, or are they part of actually implementing it in the in the real product as well? And you got some other team working on innovations. Can you elaborate a bit more on yeah, that? Yeah, that you're touching exactly the point that we are now. You know, we started about six years ago, mm -hmm. uh, clarifying the vision and 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 deciding that we want to pursue this and we yeah. want to do it in a, you know, in a dedicated team, to make sure that we do it. So we started building up with the architects and key developers and event and UX designers. So we, over the last six years, we grew from few people up to more than 25 working on this yeah. full speed and now we really delivered our innovation and 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 we, we we think of this as now we've done the uh the startup phase yeah now we need to go to the scale-up phase yeah. and then it's really important that we don't do this entirely on our own mm. there's different ways of doing this but what we see is best for our organization is that actually we we don't want to build up new sales departments or delivery departments or new departments yeah. in parallel we actually want to merge this back and this can be done either this way or actually rebuild that depends on the organization yeah. what's most suitable this is what we need to do and this is the stage that we are in right now yeah. mm -hmm. so the innovation we're slowing it a bit down right now and focusing more of turning that innovation into a sellable service yeah. so we're doing the maintenance Scalable. part keeping it robustness of everything yeah, yeah. cool so I think that uh, <laughs> there is so much to tell and uh, so much wisdom, but I think uh, we, we are going to wrap up a bit.
Yeah. Um, one final question, because I think many people that are listening think, okay, I we we are also in the transition. We are. So, uh, do you have any tips or or things that you would like to share? Like, if you if you are in the similar situation and you are at the beginning of something, but you don't know exactly what is. What would be a good book or a good conference or a blog that you can... Oh, yeah. Recommend? I got a few books for you. You definitely need to look into. I think the, the most important, most valuable book is called Leading Digital. Yeah. I think it's by Westerman. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's been a few years since it was published. I think back in 2014. But uh, I actually got this. I am, um, I'm also part-time at university, and I got this in my hand. And when I read this, mm. all the pieces just came yeah. and fell into place. That's actually very good research. It's more than 400 different companies that has been investigated. Mm. And they're really trying to see who are successful. What do they do? What's the commonalities? What is it that really matters? And what it really tells you is that, you know, you need to work on your digital capabilities. You know, that you can actually deliver on the digital. And you need digital leadership. Yeah. These two things. And yeah. if you do develop them in balance, you really, really manage a lot of things. So this is, I would definitely start with this one. Okay. But if you're in management, maybe the one that you would like to look at is um, Zone to Win okay. by uh, Jeffrey Moore, I think. Yeah, fairly well-known uh, mm -hmm. writer. Mm -hmm. But it really tells you that you know you need to be clear on separating out the innovation from the day-to-day -day business, yes. because what we see, and we've seen it a lot as well, if day-to-day -day business needs the resources, they will get it because yeah. they're securing the revenue. You need to find a way so that you can maintain your day-to-day -day business mm. and manage to move forward on the innovation. And I think he brings forward some really good ideas okay. that, well, th that proves to work. That sounds uh, really interesting. So yeah. Thank you for all your sharing. Yeah. Many thanks. Thanks again for uh, well, a great episode, I think. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and we need to definitely ask you back in uh, two years' time to, uh, to see where you're going. Yeah, if there's new or new innovations on the horizon, or uh, how did how you really embedded it into the organization, we'll yeah. see. Really we'll nice. See Thank you very much. Okay, then. Uh, well, that's it. Um, hope to see you uh, or uh, that you listen again in the next episode. Yeah. See you the next lead podcast. Bye bye. The lead podcast, a podcast for leaders in engineering, architecture, and development.